Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday March 10th, LA Galaxy getting prepped and ready to play on that plastic grass again. Headed up to Seattle this time and taking on a winless, we'll say winless in quotation marks, a winless Seattle Sounders team. Uh, Greg Vanny had some things and some thoughts to talk about, or at least to say about that game. We're going to get you that audio coming from the press conference that was today. Galaxy announced a new defender, somebody we knew it was coming, but it was finally announced. Uh, Eric Zavaleta uh, was announced by the LA Galaxy today, and he's going to join us in about three or four minutes. All right, so everybody can be prepared for that. Uh, basically, we're going to get you through all the LA Galaxy news and get you ready for that Seattle game. It's easy. It's simple. We're going to try to keep it simple to help us on this wonderful night. He is back. We're always glad to have him. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Christian Miles. Christian, how's it going, buddy? Going great. Locked away in the Miles family safe room right now. Kids are out there being read to, going to bed. So I think we'll be free of interruption, but... And looking forward to it. Great start for the Galaxy. Lots to talk about and new signings. I mean, it's all happening. I'm excited, Josh. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited. I like the whole idea that you think you're confident in the fact the kids are going to go to bed. So I, I really appreciate that. Already your optimism is flowing out well, tonight. You, as a father, can appreciate this. There's a reason why we deadbolt every bedroom door in the house. So the next, next thing, like you probably have in your COG studio, which, by the way... Big, big ups to that. I like it. I mean, you, you and you and uh, Panda were talking about it. it. Looks great. I like it. We're trying. We're trying. You know, slowly. I'm allowed to add. Th- I'm allowed to add anything to this room I want, Christian, because I'm a man and I have a house and I'm allowed to do that um, as long as it can be taken down because the actual person who's in charge of the house uh, ha- uses this room. So I have. Did to- she let you put the egg carton <laughs> foam on the walls? You so, know, to soundproof so, it. So I have been thinking about doing that. Just I don't ah. know. I it has to probably be a pretty color in order to get yeah. it done. But there is a wall that I'm speaking at that sometimes can get a little bouncy. And so I would yeah. like I would like to tone it down a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think it's just, this is, this is an interesting week for the galaxy. It's, it's a bit, it's like busy, but it's not busy. Greg says that he's been thankful for the, for the actual, the full week to be able to recover. He's going to continue to say that throughout this, about this uh, season as well. Last year with the condensed schedule and the midweek games and all that fun stuff, it was not fun for him and it wasn't fun for the guys. There was no time to train. So basically you're having to learn everything out on the field. 
So he's sort of, you can tell, he's excited the fact that they have time to work on these things. That uh, he was even talking about like individual stuff that people could do. Um, and he was like, we, you know, we've been working a lot as a team. We need to work on some individual stuff. And he said, and we have time to do that. You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of fun to sort of see that happening. Well, every manager likes that because, I mean, Greg's a tactical nerd. I mean, let's be honest. And if he can work on it, he likes to talk about it. He likes to implement it in training, I'm sure. But, um, you know, anytime any manager, any head coach can get his you know, players onto the training pitch and actually rectify matters and work on things, especially at this, at this age of the season right now, how young and how early it is right now, guys trying to get acclimated to the system here in year two and get their match fitness. So training sessions kind of take a higher value right about now. I think. It, it feels like that. We're going to get into a lot of that, what Greg Vanny said and a lot of different things. But uh, if I've pressed all the right buttons and done all the right things, joining us on the phone right now is the man who was uh, who was announced today. We knew he was coming, as we said, but we were, it finally happened. It was there. Uh, welcome to uh, the corner of the galaxy here. Uh, defender Eric Zavaleta. Eric, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, we did it, Christian. What do you know? I pressed the right buttons. All right, Eric, congratulations. I know we, we, we got to talk a little bit uh, today whenever you were having your media availability. Um, but I, I was just it, it was it's just such an interesting story of of and you talked a little bit about it, you know, being at Chivas USA, looking across the lo- uh, across the hallway and seeing the L.A. Galaxy win championships and the fact that you grew up sort of watching this club. I mean, it, it has to feel a little surreal, right? Yeah, it does. It does. You know, some of these photos that like I posted today and um, I've got, gotten a few more sent to me from when I was a kid um, from my mom today as well. Like I forgot about it. So um, I remember those days. I remember JP Delacombra on the call many times. I remember Kobe Jones. I remember so many of the players. And so it was the club that I definitely supported the most um, growing up. And so to be able to put the jersey on is it's pretty cool for me, especially at this stage of my career. Yeah, it, it seems. And and you were talking, and I thought it was super interesting. And, and this is what I really keyed off on was you were just talking about championship teams. And so often on this program, we talk about what it takes to be a championship team, right? Um, we, we I've 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 covered the LA Galaxy all the way through their their three titles, uh, 2011, 2012, and 2014, and seeing those teams and the things that were different about those teams. You obviously uh, champion in 2017 with, with Toronto when you guys won the domestic treble there as well. Um, what about that team, the Toronto team? Um, did you take away as saying this is really important that that happened during 2017, or this was a really important character trait of this team? Uh, I mean, there's so many, there's so many things, and I touched on it a little bit today. I mean, just the combination of of the the talent. I mean, Victor obviously who's fortunately with us still today here with the galaxy um but was just a wasn't even a dp again not even a dp here to be able to have someone at that level um on that salary and then to get your dps right i mean we had sebastian jovinko who um was fantastic that year josie altador who was scoring goals scored probably the most important definitely the most important goal of the season in the final um and michael bradley who was our our leader um and then here, you know, you see some of those similarities. Chicharito's hungry. He's got a goal already in the first game. Um, he just wants to be healthy. He wants to win. He's been a winner at other clubs he's been at. Um, you see Kevin Cabral, a young player who's, um, you know, athletic and has shown the fuel and the hungry. And so that mix of talent and that mix of energy and fire and, and will to win is so important. And at, uh, a lot of times in this league, you don't always get that mix, especially with your DPs. Sometimes you get your DPs coming to this league who 
uh, want to make an extra check and get what they want to do, and they don't necessarily care about winning NMLS. And you could tell that this group, that those players, that all the players around them um, are have that hunger and desire to win. Um, and it's so important in this league because – uh, w- whatever they understand or believed about the league before, they quickly realize that this is not an easy w- league to win in, and uh, it's going to take that um, for for 34 games in the regular season to put you into the playoffs, and then the playoffs are a whole totally different beast. Eric, uh, welcome to the team. We're glad to have you here. I know uh, you've been a part of Major League Soccer for a long time, going back to the old Chivas days. But where do you see this team in your strengths and where do you see yourself fitting into this system? Because I know you're a guy who's, you know, you know, Greg, you're actually related to Greg. Um, so it seems like it would be more of a seamless transition for you than anybody. But how do you see things overall as you take an assessment of this galaxy and where do you see your role with this team coming up this season? Yeah, I'm just trying to provide as much as possible. Uh, look, I believe I still have a ton of good soccer left in me. Uh, I feel as good as I've ever felt before. Uh, I'm still only 29 years old. Um, and so I just want to contribute in any way possible. And however Greg sees that, Greg knows me um, as a player better than anybody. And he knows that um, I can contribute to this group and he's going to put me in the best position to do that. Um, but at the same time, we've gotten two shutouts in two games. That's great progress coming on last year. I've talked to a lot of guys about how many shutouts we had last year and um, they all say, look, two, two and two games is fantastic. And so I want to help this defensive group improve on what they had last year, whether that be in the training field or on the pitch on, on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever it might be. Um, so we, we don't have a defined role. I don't think you ever define a role specifically. Uh, I talked today about trying to help the younger players, help Julian, help Jalen. Um, some of these guys learn what the league is about, give them some of the tips that I've learned and and prepare them as best as possible for the weekend. Um, and so I'm going to do everything I possibly can to help the club inside uh, and outside, in the locker room, on the field, whatever it may be. And then every chance I get, I'm going to take it and, and use it as if it's my last because uh, I'm fortunate to have a different perspective here in my 10th year in MLS of how special it is to be on a team like this, to be at a club like this, um, and to, to contribute at a – at a club who's trying to win championships. And so whatever that might be, whatever Greg position Greg puts me in, uh, I'll be ready for. And um, whatever that is, I'll be excited for it. Eric, this is the part of the show where I take my uh, my limited sporting uh, ability and project it onto professional soccer players. It's it's always always entertaining for everybody. <laughs> um, but you know, I I, I know, and I, I wanted to ask you this question. Obviously, uh, you're Greg's nephew, um, and I remember uh, back in the day playing on playing on my baseball teams with my dad as a coach. And I remember that you know everybody was like, oh well, is why Josh always gets to play because dad is his because his dad is the coach. You know, it's it's all this it's all this favoritism and stuff like that. Do you hear? any of that does any of that bother you at all no none of that means anything to me it bothered me when I was first a young player coming into the league but now I look back and say you guys are lucky to have both of us look look at the track history that Greg and I have had we've won three Canadian championships we've won a championship a supporter shield we constantly are putting teams into the playoffs I think we missed the playoffs together one time Um, and here we are together again and so uh, results speak for themselves Greg and I, I promise you, are putting in more work or just as much work as anybody at the club. Greg probably more than anybody else. I can't even speak for for him. Um, And so, listen, you're going to get the best of me. You're going to get the best of him. And he keeps bringing me here for a reason. He believes in me. And I 
to say I believe in him is an understatement. He's the best coach in the league, and he continues to prove it year after year, day after day. And so none of that means anything to me. Everybody who's within the locker room who works with me on a day-to-day basis understands that uh, I bring a lot to the club, and I don't have to explain any of that anymore, fortunately. And so um, it doesn't mean anything to me. It won't ever mean anything to me anymore, and we'll just continue to prove it with results because ultimately that's all that matters in this business. Yeah, Eric, though, but like, do you get to borrow Greg's car? Like, does he let you, or do you have the keys to his pool or something like that? I mean, there's got to be some perks, right? <laughs> you know what? He just bought a gorgeous, beautiful house in Redondo Beach that I get to visit whenever I want to visit. See? He's got a beautiful Tesla that I wish I could drive whenever <laughs> because gas prices around here are obnoxious. But <laughs> I don't get much perks other than the fact that I get to come visit. I get to be around my family. He's got four beautiful kids. Three of them are in the academy that you get to watch on a daily basis now, which is a, a ton of a ton of fun. And um, but man, the the house he's gotten is is beautiful, and I'm, I'm excited to to be around it more. That, that's good. No, I, I my my last question for you, and then I'll let Christian uh, finish it up. Uh, you know, I think you talked a little bit about Los Angeles and why you chose it and why you thought it was going to be a, a good fit for you. Um, and and you mentioned the weather. I would accept the weather as a as the only reason to come from maybe Toronto <laughs> and, and come to. Or let's face it, we would also accept uh, In and Out as a reason or Papusas as a reason. Any three of those we would accept on their face value, but what? Wh- why Los Angeles? The club, uh, honestly, like uh, the Galaxy is just uh, a wonderful club with tons of tradition. I talked about it on the call how they haven't won since 2014 when I was in the opposing locker room. I want to help them bring that back. I think this club deserves to be uh, a title contender, a champion at this, at this, in this league as many times as possible. Um, and so I've always wanted and admired from afar. We talked about it as a kid, but I, t- I'm telling you players in every league in every country know about MLS. Okay. But when you know about MLS, what do you know about, you know, about the LA galaxy. So this club is fantastic. I wanted to be here from the very beginning. And so just to be able to have that opportunity is really the main reason. And the sun is a perfect secondary reason as to, to come here and be able to wake up and look at that every day. That's, that's good. Uh, Eric, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, also along with all these great weather attributes and everything and the sun and fun, but you know, Greg, that's got to be one of the appealing aspects of it. And you're a guy that, you know, is a, you know, him personally, you know, him firsthand professionally. What is it about Greg that makes you want to play for him as a coach? And what makes him such a good coach? What makes him tick? Yeah, well, first of all, like I, like I touched on before, he's, he's a tireless worker. Uh, he's the first one in the building and then the last one out the door. And when he goes out the door, I could tell you firsthand because I've seen it. He goes home and he does more preparation and more work. As this league continues to evolve, he continues to evolve. And so... Um, that's fantastic. I think he puts his players in the best position on the weekend to succeed. And I think that's a rare trait in MLS. I think to know the league the way he does, but to be progressive and to, to, to understand the modern game the way he does, uh, but also have a very distinct and clear style of play um, is really good for his players. And so for young players um, like a Jalen, like a Julian, like, many others we have and then for older players like me and whoever else victor Chicharito, just to be able to have that clarity is so important and so yes he plays an attractive style of football a type that i love and the type that i would play as well when i'm when i become a coach but also 
um, one that is easy to understand for some of these players and is clear on a daily basis about what his messaging is um, to make them understand it is, is so important and I think is a big reason why he's successful um, and a big reason why every player that plays for him wants to play for him again and wants to continue to play for him as much as possible. He's a very good manager, a good has learned a ton. I've seen him from the day he stepped into the job to now just a completely different manager and he puts great people around him. And so all of those reasons are why he succeeds uh, and why he will continue to succeed. I have no doubt about it um, as he continues on with his coaching career. All right, Eric. Hey, thanks so much for, for coming on. We should honestly, we should get you a microphone and you could just hang out with us uh, for the rest of it. But this was last minute. We appreciate you, uh, you stopping by and I'm sure we'll get to talk to you again real soon. Uh, good luck on the weekend. All right. Anytime you guys want to have me, I appreciate it. All right, Thank you thanks. Guys. There you go. And there goes Eric Zavaleta, the LA Galaxy's newest signing. Uh, I, I was serious, Christian. I'd give him your microphone. He's. I think he does a better job than me, quite honestly, and we could probably let him talk. Uh, I think he needs his own podcast. He, we we can make that happen, Eric. Just call me. We'll. we'll I uh, smell no, a spinoff. Right. I smell a spinoff. We could. We, we could, didn't get to ask him about pupusas, though. I oh, He's a Salvadorian international, right? He is. He is. And, yeah, and we missed that one. And he talked about not using a fork today and why you don't use a fork when you eat pupusas. And and so I mean, all these are important things. And so we'll have to have him back on again. I'll have to tell him why I always order. Uh, why I always order three pupusas, knowing darn well that I can only eat two. Um, but I just in case I want to make sure that I'm never, never the right thing. I, oh, you always, always need a spare pupusa. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Always. I mean, yeah, we yeah. might have to have a pupusa off you and I. So. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the chat room, by the way, I think uh, Zavaleta is wearing number fifteen. If I re- if I remember Ooh. correctly, I think that's what it was was put in. But it may be a maybe a different number. Somebody was uh, saying that and and taking a look mm. at it. So uh, fifteen for Eric Zavaleta. Super interesting though. I mean, okay, so. Listen, I'm already. I have been critical of this before they even signed him. Uh, he's been signed, uh, and I've mm-hmm. been sitting there saying, "Okay, so you have you you got another defender. Congratulations!" By the way, let's give you details. Uh, 29 years old, as he said on the on the call. One year plus one year club option. So one year contract, and then the club, the LA Galaxy, will choose whether or not they want to exercise that option for for next year. That does make six uh, six center backs on the roster, though, Christian. Uh, Derek Williams, Sega Koulibaly, Jalen Neal, Marcus Fracranis, Nick DePew, and Zavaleta now. So there's six guys back there that can fill into those spots. Now, if we are doing that and we're looking at where guys are playing, I guess there's a good argument right now that Sega Koulibaly and Nick DePew as the starters, and I expect Williams will eventually make his way back in um, to, to a starting yeah. position there as well, um, that if you have two injuries to that, you were suddenly without a center back, an experienced center back. So you would have to Mm -hmm. throw in somebody young like Jalen Neal and, and Marcus for And if you did that, you would be, and I think this is Greg's thinking uh, is you would be throwing those guys sort of into the wolves and not necessarily developing them the way that they want to do. So do we look at as four, um, four center backs and two development projects? And that makes sense because six seems like a lot of center backs to be carrying on a roster. It is being to be realistic about this, the point where, you know, Jalen and, and, and Marcus Fracranis are, are immensely talented uh, and and have a future. That future right now in terms of immediate contribution is not going to be now in terms like of a 90 minute game in and game out basis. So when you need a proven MLS um, defender that can provide the depth that you're going to need. That's what you need right now, especially when you consider the fact that, you know, Derek Williams has had fitness problems. Right. And he has had a disciplinary problem as well. He's going to miss games um, with that in the case. And, and Sega has also had his 
uh, injury issues as well last year. Correct. A depth piece is a, is a smart decision. This is a team that's in need of, you know, a, a spine, strengthening of that spine. Right. They got it with Delgado. Um, they're getting it a little bit more now with Zavaleta in front of the back four as a depth piece. I don't think he's going to be first choice personally, but right. called in to do a job, he can do that. He's a guy that's a utility man in his years throughout MLS and his time with um, Toronto and Chivas and, and other teams, but a guy that can play anywhere across that back four um, will provide, he's not going to make a big mistake. He's going to give you good solid minutes. He's going to give you a solid work rate and fill in where need be and fill in the gaps. And also you talked about Marcus and, and Jalen. When you have guys that young, you need experienced guys around them like him that can show them the way and show them what it's like in this league. And yes, you're going to get that with a Derek Williams, but Derek Williams is not an MLS guy. But you know, now you've got a guy in Sega Kolubali is not that guy. Now you've got a guy with Eric Zalavaleta. He knows the league. He knows its mechanisms and the way it works, the travel and henceforth. Um, you know, to, to sound like a sports cliche and intangibles, but to have a guy like that, much like a Sasha question right. and their effect off the pitch, I think it's worth its weight in gold. And I think it's a smart, sound signing. And um, on the economic side, it makes total sense. Yeah, it, it seems like a light, a, a, you know, a, a, a low risk sort of signing here yeah. in this. If we if we go by last year's numbers, uh, Eric Zavaleta on the base salary was an $81,000 signing. So you're talking about, you know, almost league minimum signing. Um, and then guaranteed salary is $115,000. In today's MLS, that's not a huge salary cap. Uh, hold in order to to sort of take. Um, I think he takes up a supplemental roster spot as well, if you're really getting into that as well. So technically, uh, might not even be part of the salary cap top 20 senior roster. Um, so there's other things in there that you can sort of look at and look at what Zavaleta is bringing. And so, like, overall, I question it. And I remain, It's I'll be honest, after you talk to him, it's harder to question it. Um, right. And I get that a lot of the ways. And I think that it's one of the most important things that we can do is hear from these guys and hear their ideas because if you're just making a decision based on the fact that you only, you have five center backs and that you don't need a sixth, which is a lot of times how we do it. If you don't talk to him to hear the intelligence and what he, and the role he thinks he's going to play. He said it during the call. He said it during his call to us as well. You know, I'm, I'm here to help the young guys. I'm here to be part of that locker room. He talked about the locker room. That's an important thing that we often dismiss whenever we're looking at these. Hundred percent, and you know he's one of two MLS Cup winners, I uh, believe, that is on this team right now. Correct, or I could be wrong in that. I mean, you would know better than me. I mean, Victor on that, Victor that on team one. in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, that is worth its weight in gold as well, and and that's part of what you're talking about helping these young guys. There's a way to win. He knows how to win. He knows what it takes to win, and you need guys like that that can believe that they can do that. So you know you look around at a team that's you know become the gold standard, the LA Galaxy, in terms of championships, you need guys on your team that have been there and done that. They're proven themselves in that department. That's what Eric Zavaleta brings. He's not hes not a sexy signing. Right. He's, he's not a headline grabber, right. but he's a winner. And the more of those you have, I think, makes your team better in terms of character on and off the pitch. Uh, Viafania, I think, also won um, with yes. uh, with Portland, yeah. right? Yeah, I think right. so. So, yeah. yeah, I went over the roster quickly and was like, who else has won one? I thought there was one more, but yeah, Viafania as well. By the way, we have to stop and, and acknowledge uh, a super chat. Kyle in the chat room, uh, a $50 super chat. Um, apparently, he's giving Herb a run for his money. So, uh, you know, if <laughs> if Kyle keeps this up, we're going to have to rename the Herb Memorial chat room into the Kyle. Scratch off the yeah. black. Yeah, we're, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying Sorry, to. Herb. 
listen, listen, if I am, if I am, if I am being honest, I can have more than one sugar daddy. So I really as many as, yeah, I know, I know it's, 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 it's easy. It's easy for me. Um, (laughs) but anyway, no, this is, this is, this is a lot of interesting stuff with, with Savaletta. I mean, again, we, we joke around, he's 29, but when you look at the, look at the fact that he came into the league in 2013, when you look at it, he was playing, you know, 17 games with Chivas USA in, in, uh, in 2014. I mean, Let's see, 140 games played, almost 10,000 minutes. There's some there's some experience there. And when you look at when Toronto was at its best, Eric Zavaleta, uh, Zavaleta was at his best as well. That was whenever he had almost 2,400 minutes. He played in 29 games, got 27 games started. So there's something there. I asked Greg today about positional flexibility or, or yeah. just in terms of formational flexibility and he agreed he says that eric has played in a three-man back line before so again we think of you know four starting center backs as two and two but that can quickly be three uh in the back and you could run a three-man maybe a five-man back line that has a three-man central core to it and you need three center backs for that we know lear dam can come in and play that right center back spot as well so there's all these things that greg can do and we know that greg likes to have that those options, that flexibility to be able to do things when he has to do things. Absolutely. I mean, it not, not only gives you depth, it gives you versatility to your point. And, um, you know, it's, it's a utility man. He can plug all the holes. So I, I, I think it's a, I mean, I think it's a no lose situation. It's a win-win for Zavaleta. It's a win-win for the galaxy. It doesn't cost them much. And, um, I'm, I'm sure he's going to see some valuable minutes. Cause when you start talking about these games that come, you know, after that two-week international break or that lull in late June, and then the games come thick and fast, you know, about three or four, about wow, every yeah. 10, 12 mm-hmm. days yep. in early July. Yep. Zabaleta is going to see some minutes. And, and you talk about playing away from home on, on turf and the injuries and, and suspensions, which are going to, you know, creep into the situation. You need that rotation. And, and it also it, it gives – not only you know some mentorship for guys like Jalen Neal and guys like Marcus Perkranis, but it also lets them develop because you know let's be honest, these guys are going to need more time at LA Galaxy too, and that's yeah. what this is set up for. And USL is a great breeder of that. It's a great place to nurture the talent. I think those guys need more time there to develop and, and breathe and learn the game, and so um, and it allows them to come along more slowly into that system. And, and, and it's the, I can't stress enough how important that synergy is from that team you know even down to the youth levels all the way up to the senior team now you have a piece a component in that will that will facilitate that a little bit better and allow these guys to develop uh, in the best way possible without just throwing them into the fire you, I, I i don't think you can just do that yeah sometimes that works sometimes that fails miserably yeah, right but, yeah but you can you know you can also wreck a player yeah yeah you and can you don't you know and, and these guys need to be long and, and in that position where the you know, center back is such a cerebral position where you know a lot of guys can make up with athleticism like a Julian Araujo or whatever in other positions. You need to have a great head on your shoulders. You need to read the game. You need to understand the game. It's all in front of you. And that comes with not only games, but it also comes with familiarity. And that's something that needs to be developed. So very rarely do you see young center backs right. breaking in that were 21, 22, you know, game in and a game out basis. This is a, a learned kind of position that requires, you know, a wise head. So that allows them to develop that. And I think that's, it, it's a good move. And, 
I, I applaud the signing. Yeah, center backs also have uh, longer lifespans in, in, in a lot of <laughs> leagues as well. So um, they tend yes. to they tend to peak a little later uh, and they tend to stay around a little longer as well. So um, all in all, uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, I, I'm more on the it's a good signing. I understand it a little more talking to Greg, talking to Eric. I can understand why they made this move and why they wanted to do it. Results, of course, you'll have to see when the actual salaries come out. We can always and by the way, that goes for everybody. When the salaries come out, that's whenever it's time to say, OK, let's evaluate these guys based on what they're getting. Like uh, I'm about to show you the roster here on a whole bunch of things. And you're, these are numbers from last year. And I can tell you the LA Galaxies have spent a lot of money this year if they're just using last year's numbers. And usually those numbers inflate towards the, the next year. So we'll see where that is. Uh, before we get too far, uh, Patrick sends in a $10 super chat and says, uh, Kyle's my new spirit animal, Herb. So Herb is, <laughs> Herb is losing his followers quickly. By the way, you guys like where you at, Herb? Herb has, Herb has dropped more money in this, I think than I have over my 14 years of doing stuff. So Herb is fine. Herb is, and it's not a competition. I, I love you all. Okay. I love you all. Um, so, so everybody's good. Uh, let's get to the LA galaxy roster a little bit though. Uh, Christian with the Eric Zavaleta signing LA galaxy now at 28 players out of 30 total spots available. Now, some interesting things. Uh, I told everybody that uh, I, I sort of tweeted out the galaxy, 28 of 30 spots filled eight of eight internationals. We are still assuming right now that Carlos Harvey picked up uh, a green card um, or doesn't need an international spot for whatever reason. And that makes sense because otherwise the Galaxy couldn't be roster compliant. We imagine they are roster compliant, being that they have been playing games after the roster compliance. So we have to assume some of that stuff. Um, so that stuff, that's all fine. The LA Galaxy average age right now on the roster. And by the way, this changes every day because everybody gets older every day, uh, which is always fun to watch whenever I see these spreadsheets. But it's 25.36 right now. 25.3 is the average age for the LA Galaxy. Median age is 20. Five. Uh, if I'm using numbers from last year and some guesses, I have to guess at what. Uh, yeah, it, it is a young roster. Um, if if you if I have to guess at some of these things, Christian, we we had heard that Douglas Costa is making five million dollars a year. We don't know what the actual number is, but I plug five million dollars into this that way we could we could take a look at it. Like um, one of the other ones was uh, was Richard Sanchez, the goalkeeper, the backup. I, 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 I can't imagine he's making a whole bunch of money. So we put in the 81,375, which is usually that lower senior number for the rosters. And so we can estimate that. So if we estimate all that right now, I have the galaxy's guaranteed salary at almost $21 million for the entire roster. That's not a small amount of money. So understand the galaxy spending some money. Now, six of that is Chicharito and five of that is, is Douglas Costa. So half the, mm. half the roster taken up by two guys, but that's, that's MLS, and that's certainly something that we have been uh, dealing with for quite a long time. Yeah, Twenty-six guys and ten splitting ten million bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, hey, that's. I it, wish I had that problem. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it's 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 like if you won a uh, if you won a a lottery ticket, and you had to split it with everybody yeah. at work. Um, so it is it is definitely um, you know a, a definitely interesting when you look at the roster and sort of where that roster sits. Now, Greg Vanny today during the conference call, Christian said he yes. had room for two more players. Right. And he said two more players on the senior roster. The senior roster is one through 20. Um, so he has two more roster spots on the senior roster, which is basically he means he has 18 senior players right now and two spots open. The two spots that are open can be on the senior roster. And he says that they have funds for that. And he said in the past that he has TAM funds available for that and probably a max TAM player plus a little bit more. But just from what he said today, Christian, it feels like he's waiting for summer. 
So the galaxy, you're going to roll the dice with what he has right now. I want, I want to go shopping with Greg Vanny. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got uh, a Tesla. Didn't you hear? He has a really nice Tesla. I know, and a house in Redondo Beach. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. He's got to get him to foot the bill. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill, fill in the, rock, the gaps, right? I mean, the, you were, we were talking before, I don't want to steal your thunder, but, you know, moves in the summertime, that TAM thing is huge. Yeah. And that requires it. And I, I still think this team needs they're still missing some pieces. I still think, like we were talking about, Zabaleta is an addition and strength is a spine. There still needs to be a little bit more there, I, th I think, in, in terms of, of depth in, in, in the central midfield, a little more protection yes. provided. Yes. Um, because, yep. you know, Delgado and Ravellison are not going to be able to go week in and week out just R like anybody else throughout the season, especially when we're talking about in the games we were just mentioning or in, in July and as the fixtures become congested and the schedule gets crazy. So... Uh, that's going to be really fascinating here and who they have their eye on. Is that going to be somebody international that they can bring in at a real high clip at, you know, 1.6, 1.7? that's when you're talking to serious player. Yep. Um, that's what I'm intrigued about. And that could be, you know, the other, you know, one third or one half of the sexy signing in the off season coming a little bit late and delayed after, uh, bringing in Douglas Costa. So the, I, I think it's exciting. And, uh, I think, We'll see some moves coming up this summer, maybe. Yeah, uh, the the Tam play I, again. I think you nailed it. It's the it's the that that center center of the midfield, and and what are you going to do to mm -hmm. back that up? And you know, there's a lot of arguments that perhaps this team still needs a ten. I like Douglas Costa pulling some strings over on the right hand side. I like how he switches sides with Kevin Cabral. By the way, uh, I'm going to play you some audio where Greg Vanny. Uh, is pumping up Kevin Cabral and what he has been doing. And his his biggest highlight so far, he says, is that he has been putting in defensive work that he did not put in last year. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge underrated part. And I agree with Greg Absolutely. on that assessment. Um, so Well, so, it, it goes into collective shape, Josh. I yeah. mean, uh, and that's, you know, I mean, sorry, I mean, to steal your thunder, no, no, but go ahead. that to me is the, the most defining characteristic throughout these two games. A collective defensive shape. They're they're harder to play against. They're difficult to get at. We've been on this podcast and, and talked about it so many times. You know, throughout the years, the Galaxy. When you play against them on the counterattack and they're on defense, it's like the team's running downhill against you. It doesn't feel like that anymore. It feels like there's more spine, there's more cohesion and more structure. So. I mean, it's a good thing. Fingers crossed that, it, that it, you know, I, I asked Greg a little bit today. And again, I'll play you some audio here in just a second. Just uh, about, you know, are, is the offense getting frustrated? The defense has been playing pretty good in the first two games. They got some lucky. I, I, again, I'd say the first game they didn't deserve the shutout. The second game more so. Uh, they still tried to give it away at once. And so I'm like, OK, OK, it's still it's still there. Let's not overreact. And I think that's funny because I think. Uh, Jonathan Bond was talking today about not overreacting after two games. Like it's two games. It, calm everybody, calm down. You know, it's like yeah, but you haven't given up a goal. It's two games. Chill. Six percent of the season's over. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels it feels like we're we're blazing through it. So um, a, a lot of good things there. So keep an eye on the roster. It's one of those things we're going to watch. Um, and sort of see how they fill in the the transfer window stays open. I think until May. So there's still time if they wanted to actually bring somebody in. Yeah. But. I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see. Um, and then it opens back up in July. So there's only a short period of time where it's closed for a little mm -hmm. while. And then it'll open back up in the, in the summer. So I still think summertime uh, is when you're going to see that. Let's uh, let's move on a little bit here as we get closer to uh, looking at the Seattle game. Uh, but Julian Araujo received an award. Uh, he received the LA community athlete of the year award. It was actually presented to him, I think via video uh, by a mayor, Eric Garcetti there. Um, and this was, as, as Garcetti said, you know, for his humanitarian work that, 
that he's been doing in Lompoc um, and, and handing stuff out to uh, the farm workers there and, and really uh, taking a, a special watch over his community where he's from um, and being so connected to that. We've, we've seen this from, from Julian ever since he really got into the club, his ability and his want to, 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 to get into the community and, and, and fix things here um, and try to use his position to better other people's lives. Yes. Look, not, not to play the role of panderer here, but so many times players come in and they jump onto a cause. Yes. This kid is 20 years old. He started the cause. And that to me is exemplary and said, and it speaks more about his character than anything you and I could ever say about him. So for me, just as a great kid, great person. And yeah. I mean, for some, I mean, what were you doing at 20 years old? I mean, I wasn't starting at, you know, uh, altruistic charity projects for agricultural workers. I mean, that's flat out amazing and a great player. What a human being. That's fantastic. It's, it's funny. You said what you were doing when you were 20 years old. And, and <laughs> I one, one, no, no, it's, it's just, it's just funny because I always, you know, we get to talk to these professional athletes. We get to see people who are so accomplished in their fields, yeah. reaching the pinnacle of their fields. Um, and just like us. Yeah, of course. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> so it, it always, uh, one of my friends goes, Oh, Hey, I was born on like the same day as some, I forget who it was. Like, it was like, Oh, I was born on the same day as LeBron James. I'm like, see, see stuff like that makes me very depressed. Right. It's like, yeah, here's, here's LeBron. Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't born as like a six foot seven, you know, basketball player. And so, you know, that's, that wasn't a thing. So that probably wasn't going to happen for me. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you talk to these guys, um, who've done stuff. I mean, Sasha question. If you sat Sasha question and I in the same room together side by side and you tried to figure out which one was the more mature which one was the was the elder statesman the the wise man you would point at sasha question who is younger than me every single i would point at sasha question right well that's true i mean if, if cosmo was sitting next to you we also point at cosmo <laughs> yes too, you know? this is true absolutely 100 so, but it's just it's one of those things so uh, i do like <laughs> i do like the fact that we're talking about julian araujo receiving the la community athlete of the yeah. year award and the previous show we were asking if he's the new bad guy in mls like oh is he mm. playing the heel is he uh you know a, a man of the dark arts now he has he has hit three people in the face in two games so uh he is he is walking that line but off the field Greg, i've said this about nigel de Jong too um who i had the the very distinct pleasure of interviewing face to face yeah. i would have let nigel de Jong watch my kids like go play with uncle nigel he's fine the whole deal just don't play soccer do not play soccer. The only thing you can do anything else you want to do, just don't play soccer. Because when Nigel gets on a soccer field, a little switch turns and he becomes the machine and he wants to he wants to wreck everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that type of thing. Julian Araujo can be the same, can be the nicest guy off the field, can be this super guy. And whenever he gets on the field, he gets an edge. He gets a, you know, a chip on his shoulder. He has this ability. Zlatan used to make make up fake fights on the field. So that way he was, oh, this guy disrespected me. He didn't do anything to you, but he disrespected me. And now I'm going to show him, you know, the whole deal. So there's something to that. Just, just all fun. All fun. Every team needs that edge. I love it. <laughs> yeah. As a broadcaster, as a fan of the game, I love the edge that those players bring. I mean, you can go back in time to like the Roy Keens of the world. Zlatan has it. It's, it's, it's a thirst and it boils down. And Wayne Rooney used to have the same problem when he was starting. Mm -hmm. It boils down to a thirst, a competitive edge to the game. And look, you know, Julian, I, I, Julian does not have a dis disciplinary problem. I, no, he does not have it. Is he fiercely competitive? Does he get hot-headed? Yes, he does at times. Yeah. In his position, he's asked to do a heck of a lot more as a defender than you were asked to do it as a defender probably five or six years ago. It carries so much responsibility being a fullback in the, in the modern-day game. If you take that away from Julian Araujo, he is not Julian Araujo, and he is not the player that he is. 
Um, he's made foolish decisions. Every defender has. Right. Uh, I personally don't even I don't even blink an eye about it. And I, I, I want that more than anything. I, I, I think it's an attribute and it's essential for him and his makeup. And it's what makes him such a great defender, a great player. Uh, Marvin, by the way, uh, posits an alternate theory about Julian Rajo, says maybe these guys who he, he hit in the face, maybe they had a bee on their face and Julian just saved them. So that was that was probably what it is. He was probably being the humanitarian that we know he is, and he was trying to save these. So they're welcome. I'm sure Julian yes. says they're welcome. That's, You've got a mosquito. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not a problem. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, the LA Galaxy schedule here real quick. Just the, the weekly schedule. This is scary. <laughs> what? What's scary? What, the, the schedule. It's, I mean... I, this is just the weekly schedule. I haven't even gotten to the next to, to the real schedule. We'll talk about that here in a second. Oh, okay. um, but the LA Galaxy did train today. There was a media call today. If you want to go on our YouTube page or on cornerofthegalaxy.com, you can find that full uh, media call today. Uh, Greg Vanny, Jonathan Bond, and Eric Zavaleta spoke. Um, some good little things in there as well. I asked uh, Jonathan Bond uh, whether or not his mom was going to be rooting against him whenever he played Seattle because his mom was from Seattle and was a Seattle Sounders fan from back in the day, uh, the oh, whole deal. Wow. So you can find out whether or not she's rooting against him. Um, I think you could probably guess that guess the answer to that question, but it still was a, was a little fun moment there. So Thursday, the Galaxy will tr will train early on Friday. So tomorrow they will train. They'll have an AM walkthrough type thing. Then they will get on a plane that afternoon uh, and they'll head up to Seattle. Uh, the game is Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Is, uh, is not the kickoff time, but they're going to pretend it is. It's 12.55 is the kickoff time. We'll get a little bit more into ESPN. that. ESPN. Uh, Fox and Fox, Fox. Deportes. So gotcha. um, that's where you can find that. The other thing that's happening this weekend before we get too far away from the LA Galaxy and all that is that LA Galaxy 2 will open their season um, this weekend. And so for LA Galaxy 2, they will open and play at San Diego Loyal. So uh, Atlanta Donovan's team down there is LA Galaxy 2 will head down. That game can be found on ESPN Plus, the 7 p.m. Pacific time kickoff on uh, Saturday, March 12th. So you can watch the LA Galaxy game and then head on down to San Diego, and I think you can make that all work. I think all the timing still works for you um, if you wanted to go down there and watch LA Galaxy 2 play. I say that, Christian, because as of right now, and at least as I've been informed, the LA Galaxy 2 are not going to have fans at their games. Uh, there is there is one exception so far, which is that the double header that will be played against Orlando, LA Galaxy will play Orlando, then LA Galaxy 2 uh, will be playing against San Antonio FC. Uh, that is the one exception so far that we have. Uh, but as of right now, uh, the, the LA Galaxy 2 game is not open to the public, so you will not be able to watch those, uh, which I think, personal opinion, is a horrible, horrible mistake that they're making. Um, but I'm sure they're doing it, it because that they lost a lot of money during the pandemic and they don't want to spend any more money. That's my view, my personal opinion. I don't want to put that on Christian. Absolutely. Um, look, football's a fan game. Soccer's a fan's game. And when fans aren't there, it has a massive effect. We saw it first and foremost, a prime example of that throughout the world during this crazy pandemic that we've all lived through. It's disappointing. Understand why the club is doing it. Don't want to poo-poo too much on it. But you know, anytime there's not fans of the game, it's it's not a good thing. Yeah, and you, and you want the guys like Jalen Neals. The Jalen Neals are going to be playing down there. I think Eric Zavaleta actually played an LA Galaxy two game last weekend as well. Like you want yeah. those guys to feel that they're that they're support that they're part of the team. And so yeah, I feel like this I, leaves that broken. I I mean I'm I'm a part of this Galaxy two setup. I have been for a while. I love Galaxy two. It's it's phenomenal to watch the maturation of young players and. And see the stars, uh, you know, some of the stars that can, you know, move on to the next. It's fantastic. So, 
you know, with that, you want to see that backed up with a lot of fan support. And you know, prior to all this craziness that we've all been living through the last couple of years, we see some raucous supporters, you know, down at DHSP Track and Field Stadium. A lot of fun. Um, I guess EMP, ESPN Plus will be loving it. They will. will be tuning in, right, yep. on the stream. Yep, that's right. ESPN Plus is where you can find yeah. it. So that's a uh, that's an easy one. All their games, uh, all LA Galaxy Two games, ESPN Plus. So easy to find. Uh, whenever you want to do that, I encourage everybody to stick around for that Orlando game and afterwards and watch LA Galaxy Two play uh, San Antonio because that's good. Uh, there is a good possibility we're going to have LA Galaxy Two head coach uh, Yoan Dame on our program uh, mm. next week. I'm trying to figure out a time when that happens. Probably be a pre-tape situation for either a Monday night show or a Thursday show. Um, but we're going to have him on to talk about the LA Galaxy 2 a little bit. And Christian is our LA Galaxy 2 expert as well. So we're going to make sure that you come on uh, on occasion as as well. So uh, we'll make sure we get that. Um, one other housekeeping note before we then slide into the LA Galaxy schedule and looking at Seattle and all those fun things. Uh, there was a time change for the September 4th game versus Sporting Kansas City. Game was originally scheduled for 7 p.m. and was supposed to be a quote-unquote local broadcast. Um, we don't... We, everybody asks, when are we going to find out when the local broadcast is? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I ask. It's still, in my opinion... Um, and people I talk to, and I am paying attention to this, it still looks like Spectrum is going to carry it. I don't know if they're ever going to announce it or if it ever happens, but it wasn't done whenever I talked last week. And I'm hoping that that changes, but that time is approaching. Uh, the LA Galaxy's first um, local game that I can find, I think it's April, April 16th. 16th. Yeah, it's a local game, and that's the first one that's not nationally televised. Mm-hmm. But they do pick up a nationally televised game uh, for this time change. So it was going to be a 7 p.m. and a local broadcast on September 4th. Now it is a 5 p.m. Pacific time kickoff and will be nationally televised on Unamas and uh, TUDNA. The other thing, Christian, that I always think is funny, and people are pointing this out, you don't need a local TV partner if all of your games are nationally broadcast. So just you know, just keep pumping those uh, those up, right? <laughs> the, the league loves them some LA Galaxy, don't they? It is. It is. Uh, it is. An I think there's sixteen games yeah. locally this year, and yeah, the, the local broadcasting situation is kind of a conundrum. But I personally, I mean, look, I, I I work within within the club as far as just a radio broadcaster. But I just come in and do the game, so I really, you know, I'm I, I don't know what's going on. You don't have any pool. I can't I can't I have, mind I you for no anything. Pool. I don't know what's going on. I just show up and I, you know, hold the microphone and then I go home. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't even know what's going on at home either. But um, they, from all indicators, it looks like it's going to be Spectrum for that gap year until they MLS sorts out its whole uh, broadcasting situation for 2023. So. Um, I'm, I'm not, not, I'm too worried about it. No, um, it's going to happen. Something will happen. You will I be want able to, get to watch it. No, Josh, I know. so we all can know and figure, you know, and just have a little planning ahead. It'd be nice. Well, well just in case I just, I'll let everybody know that if in fact it does go to spectrum, which we're expecting, uh, then I've already arranged it that uh, that Nikki is going to come on our show again like she did last time and do, do a little co-host spot um, on there for us as well. So we'll have Nikki back on mm-hmm. if that happens. Uh, and Nikki and I have been talking. We talk probably once a week just trying to figure out whether or not there's anything going on. So uh, I'm, I, I keep my fingers crossed that that's She's got going nothing on. for you? She she, well, I mean, hey, we have lots of information that we share back and forth about the TV deals. Uh, so there's just it's just it. not all public information. Yeah, so no, I, we're I working understand. on it. We're working on it. Um, you know, this, it takes a team. That's what I think. It's never one person who breaks a story. It's multiple people whenever you figure out as you start to put things together. So unless uh, you're Larry Morgan, unless you're, unless you're the man, Larry Morgan himself. Uh, I hope Larry's listening. If, if he is, he'll definitely text me once he heard his name, uh, mentioned again. Um, 
I wanted to get a little bit to uh, to Greg Vanny and the press conference. First of all, injury updates. He talked about Victor Vasquez. He says Victor trained today. Uh, he said he imagines he's going to be good to go. Wanted to see his reaction to the training, but figures he, he didn't seem overly concerned with it. Uh, that could be him playing it up and saying, you know, whether or not Victor. Again, uh, this is game number two, Christian, on the plastic turf. Uh, the one thing Greg Vandy did say, which was funny because he was asked about the turf, he said, he said, you know, after this, after we get done with Portland, we know that we've basically played three of the five already on plastic turf, um, on, 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 on turf. So we're almost there. We're, we're feeling like, counting. You're right, exactly. Um, the whole deal. So uh, I was asking Greg Vanny um, a couple different things. Uh, he talked about his role for Eric Zavaleta. I would, I would implore you to go um, and sort of listen to his, his responses and, and some of that things. Um, I'm trying to see, let's talk, here's Greg Vanny talking, uh, real quickly about, uh, the roster and the roster spots. I want everybody to hear what he says so we don't have to take my word for it. So here's Greg Vanny. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're continuing to assess. We, we still have two open roster spots in our, in our 20. Um, so it's there. We still have resources and funds to be able to do that. Uh, just continuing to see how the, the group continues to evolve. We have loads of attack, attacking options, I feel like. So it's not, uh, it's not necessarily in, in those spaces that we are, we're looking. Uh, we're kind of assessing Jorge Viafana's situation. He's got a, he's got an issue that he's carried over from last year with his knee. Just, uh, he, he might have to have a, you know, a more in-depth look at that, a little scope or something early next week to see where we're at with him. So hopefully he's okay, but, uh, that's going to take us a little time, so we're kind of monitoring that situation. Um, I think also, you know, I've talked about it in midfield. There's a possibility along the way to maybe add one more midfielder. We'll we'll see how how it shapes up. But the team is doing okay right now, and guys are stepping in and doing their jobs, and that gives us some some flexibility to be patient and see if make sure that that as our season progresses, that there's not anything that pops up that is uh, urgent. Let's say. All right. Yeah, I know that was, I, I don't, I don't like that via Fania news. It's, it's not, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, well, I mean, it feels like they've been trying to move past him a little bit anyway, but at the same time, that was, that's a twist. It has known that there has been a bone bruise on that knee for yeah. since last season, we've been waiting yeah. to hear what happened, but it sounds like it's not fixing itself. You, with these situations, you read between the lines and what's being not being said speaks l- louder than what is being said right now. It's a serious problem, obviously. And yes. it's something it kept him out for the last, six or seven games i believe of the last season so it's not just some you know niggly hamstring problem right now there's something that's going on otherwise because we all know it jorge viafania is you know a player that should be on the pitch if he's fit I mean, he's first choice uh, well sorry but raheem edwards has actually done a pretty good job of advertising yes. so far this season so he's making a case for himself but you know there's no doubt about the, the capabilities and and the proven commodity that jorge viafania provides and if that's the case right right so now we're talking about a lack of depth at the left fullback position right now because you've got a Raheem Edwards yep. right now. Zavaleta could fill in there in a pinch, I think. Not exactly something that you want to go about and do week in and week out. But that brings up an issue here, and that affects what we're talking about and what Greg's talking about. How they go about you know, on their shopping list this summer. I mean, you want to strengthen in midfield, like you said, but then you've got pressing issues with, with a fullback. How do you address that? And that kind of throws a wrench in your in your plans, I think. So that's one. It's like, you know, watch this space. What's going to happen here? That's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. 
I hope it's not a long-term situation where Viafania has to, you know, go under the knife or something. So I mean, it feels like it's headed that direction, though. If if, yeah. if you haven't seen it, you know, fix itself by now, and obviously if they're going to go in and scope it, which is itself, you know, an invasive surgery, just a, a minor one. Um, and this is a guy that's been durable. I mean, yes. Viafania has been so durable, you know, throughout his years, going back to, you know, 2006, seven. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the Raheem Edwards thing has been a little bit of a revelation. Let's try that word, uh, revelation. Um, and <laughs> That's revelation. Yeah, exactly, whatever. It's fine. Larry, by the way, did text me, I just want to say. He says it looks like Christian is back in his hospital room um, with a curtain <laughs> divider, so he he's he always has to take issue with everybody's uh, backdrops. He, he leaves yeah. mine alone. No, I, mean, I put a plant in here, and I took the padding off the walls. It looks great. I don't know what everybody's... If, if you're listening Thank on the podcast, if you're if you're listening and you're, you're not watching, you should at least check it out just so that way you can see Christian's wonderful setup Come and on, not look Larry. like a hospital room. I mean, what do I have to do, Larry? <laughs> for, for Larry, it, there there's nothing. Um, let's get to the this uh, LA Galaxy versus Seattle Sounders game uh, because I want to spend a little time on it, and Greg mentioned some things that I want to throw in here as well. So uh, the LA Galaxy playing against the Seattle Sounders coming up on Saturday, March 12th. That's this Saturday, 12.30 p.m. TV time, a 12.55 p.m. kickoff time. I'm going to tell everybody once again, go to the uh, go to the MLS website. If you click on the game that you want to watch, you can go to the schedule and then you can click on that game. It's going to give you this header up top and the header is going to tell you what time the TV starts. It says 12.30 p.m. And then underneath it, there's this little tiny number. It says KO which means kickoff, and it tells you it's 12.55 p.m. So for everybody complaining that MLS doesn't tell you when games start, they do tell you when they start. Now, could they say that the game starts at 12.55 on the schedule? Yes, they could. Uh, but MLS is trying to do everything to keep their sorry TV numbers uh, up as high as possible. Ooh, so I, I've been watching. They've been showing some of those dips that I like. Have you seen some of the graphs that show uh, MLS? Oh. Like it's sport, it was on ESPN and it's like Sports Center, and it's like you know 250,000. It's by hour and it goes and then all of a sudden it goes to MLS and it goes and cuts in half to like 150,000. Like drop off. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the NBA comes back and it jumps up to, you know, like four or five million, Ooh. you know, like real quick. So there is, there are issues with this TV deal. I'm not saying they're insurmountable. I'm not saying it's going to be a yeah. major problem, but MLS wants you to tune in early. So that way the number starts that way you absorb all of their sponsored content that is out there and the sponsors get their names on that. So that's why they're telling you 1230 PM. Okay, so 12.55 p.m. is when kickoff is. Game is on Fox and Fox Deportes. Uh, Seattle 0-2-0 in, uh, yeah. in, the, in, the, in league play, um, but they did, in fact, just play um, in uh, the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, and Leon. somewhere, yeah, somewhere along, somewhere in here, I actually have all of the... Uh, no, they destroyed yeah, Leon. They did, 3-0, um, and it looked like it was a, a pretty good game as well. Um, in terms of what Seattle was able to do. Now, this is a Seattle team that has injuries, Christian, with Rui Diaz is injured. Uh, Will Bruin is injured. Um, they think that Nico Ladero is going to be ready, although he did pick up some sort of knock in this game at one point. Um, and so uh-huh. there was question marks about that. Um, so Jordan Morris scored. Um, Freddie Montero had a brace. Uh, one of those was a PK in a first half brace. So uh, Greg Vanny said uh, that this team has looked better than any other this team has looked the best that they have looked all year is in this CONCACAF Champions League game so 
Uh, really interesting. I, I have all the injuries, by the way. Uh, Rui Diaz, Bruin, and Alex Roldan actually is, is injured. Doesn't mm. look like he'll be available either. Uh, but it was Christian Roldan who played, uh, I guess, a very a very good game in this match. Um, and then you had Jordan Morris who who played well in this match. And they did get to rotate some guys out. There were some guys who went 90 minutes, and you would call mm. it their first team did play the majority of that match, quote-unquote. But, uh, you know, Brian Schmetzer's been rotating some things. So we'll see if they rotate on Saturday uh, as well. They, they no doubt will have to rotate, especially when you throw those injuries. This is a terrible time to play Seattle. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything. One, they've, they've lost their first two, so right. they've already got a, you know a bone to pick with the rest of the league. who's already poo-pooing all on them. And two, they just come off a fantastic performance, and their confidence is soaring against CONCACAF Champions League opponents. And Leon's no slouch, because we're not talking too long ago where they were, they were amidst the you know Mexican elite right now in Liga MX. So... Uh, not a good time to take them on, especially on their home pitch, especially on that plastic pitch. Uh, and for me, and, and I know Greg has echoed this problem, er, echoed this opinion as well, and you have to, for me, Seattle's the cream of the crop. Right. And they do things week in and week out. Uh, Brian Schmetzer is a flat-out genius um, and figures it out, gets the most out of his team. I'm not too worried. You can't read too much into the missing absences of, of, of Nico Lodero um, because uh, obviously, uh, Morris has come back, and they spent so much time without Lodero last year. Uh, for me, the, the engine that makes that team go is João Paulo, who is, you know, I, I would consider him the best in the business. I think he's a completely underrated talent um, and is kind of the star, straw that stirs that drink. So I don't like the idea of playing up in Seattle at this point. The timing is terrible. Um, and you bet that Seattle are going to come out, and they are going to play with purpose. They're going to play with conviction and show that they belong amongst the elite because the doubters are out there right now. And that as an opposing team is the last kind of team you want to play. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it totally is. Uh, Albert Rusnak as well as, is now part of their team. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure they're trying to figure out how to work him into everything uh, that's going on. And he's, Could have been ours. yeah, yeah. For, for 10 minutes, uh, for 10 minutes, Albert Rusnak was coming to the LA galaxy. That was, that was Best a fun LA galaxy Twitter player that never was. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I think uh, Ronaldinho was was also. Oh, like, we yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it would be it would be hard. It would be hard to to say, but I mean, uh, Rusnak this season certainly was. Um, and they, listen, they have a, a a dangerous team. I don't like. Yeah. Uh, I don't like any of the parts of of facing them. Really, I think that's a tough tough ask uh, for this LA Galaxy team. It's funny. Uh, you said you said you know obviously we talk. Greg Vanny doesn't like turf. Most of the players don't like turf. Jonathan Bond today comes out and says, he goes, I actually like turf. He goes, but I'm also not running around like seven, eight, nine, ten K out there. He goes, I'm yeah. just standing back there. He goes, so it doesn't bother me. You know, it's one of those. Goalkeepers don't count. Yeah. The they LA run. The LA Galaxy in 2010 started their season with three consecutive shutouts. Okay. So yeah. if the LA Galaxy were to shut out Seattle, um yeah. they would they would tie that record. Uh, which is something, and it would be, I think, a real statement for the LA Galaxy to keep Seattle off the board. And I think Seattle, outside of this Leon game, has struggled with their offensive side things. Maybe they figured it out against Leon, but maybe maybe they haven't in league play. Maybe things change enough that it could be uh, sort of different. If you're wondering what the LA Galaxy will be wearing, Christian, I know you were. Uh, they'll be playing. They'll be playing wearing their their, their City of Dreams kit, uh, the white kit, uh, and it looks like it's uh, Legend Inc. Uh, is, is what they're calling it. So it is the, the purple haze uh, shirts for the Seattle Sounders, purple and black. 
um, we'll be we'll be showing there. So, uh, in in my opinion, a good color combination outside of last week's Charlotte, which had the potential to be really ugly, except that I forgot the tech green kit is technically more black than it is tech green, and so it worked out just fine. Um, so anyway, there's there's some of that. Here's what Greg Vanny had to say about uh, Seattle. Let's listen to Greg. I thought they looked good the other night. I thought probably arguably the best they've played in the season so far. Um, I thought they looked very dangerous in their counterattack. Uh, they were organized defensively. Um, yeah, and, and obviously they have quality players who can who can uh, hurt you, and they've given given chances. But for sure in the counterattack, they look they look very dangerous. Um, yeah, so for us, I think we just we got to continue with our formula, which is we got to continue to defend together as a group and uh, <clears throat> make sure we choose our moments when we can be uh, when we can be higher on the field and opposing them in their half, and choose when we need to stay together as a group and make it difficult and just close off spaces. Uh, we got to be good in possession, and we've got to continue to to create opportunities. I thought we did a nice job in this last game of getting into good spots, creating opportunities. We probably needed to get a little bit more out of our opportunities than we did, but I thought there were some good aggressive moments uh, for us. So, But again, it's a little bit of uh, going into Seattle against a good team, having a good mentality and, and being able to manage the, the environment and manage the situation for 90 minutes. I think we've also done a great job of doing that and giving ourselves a chance in every game to to win the game. Uh, so that's that's a good mindset for us. Now we'd like for more things to be in the back of the net, but that's that's work in progress. Ah, uh, yes, the work in progress, the offense, the work in progress, which is, you know, hey, I guess if you're an LA Galaxy fan, and I would have told you that after the second game of the season, the LA Galaxy are calling the offense the work in progress uh, and not the defense, I guess you would you would take it, right? You, you would be like, wait a minute, what? No, the ga- the, the defense is horrible. What, what what makes it better? I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's flipped everything on its head, right? They flipped the script, right? They did. I mean, what, the, the, defensively, we've been a shambles for, what, the last five years. Then we got back-to-back clean sheets and... Now two goals in two games, so you're struggling. I'm not worried about the attack. Vanny's not worried about the attack, nor should he be. The chances are there. I think just to echo the point that you made with uh, with Panda on Monday, if the chances aren't coming, then that's when you start to worry and you start hitting the panic buttons. But the chances are there. Now, of course, they're not taking them. But look, it is March right now. Right. They're not fully fit. This is early season form. Everybody has it. Seattle has it. And Seattle is the best in the league. Right. So – it's going to happen. It's going to come together. Now, if the chances aren't there, then that's a different story, but the chances are there. Now, Seattle comes along. Chances are going to be very much at a premium. They're not going to come like they did against Charlotte last weekend. Correct. This is going to be a lot tougher. You cannot be as wasteful. You have to be more efficient, have to be more clinical in front of the goal and take those chances when they arise. Yeah, I- I think Nashville did a great... I mean, so you looked at the first two games that Seattle has played in league. Uh, Nashville really did dominate them. They dominated the midfield. They mm-hmm. dom- they dominated the chances on the scoreboard. It was a, a really good showing by a good Nashville team that, that is based on defense, but is starting to learn to t- make their chances count uh, on the offensive side things uh, of things as well. They're going to be a nightmare this year in the Western Conference. Nashville is a real team. Um, and Nash, uh, yeah. A hundred percent, Josh. They are, uh, Gary Smith is a genius. He did this back in 2010 with Colorado Rapids. It wasn't sexy, but he won it, bunkered in, got the clean sheet, got the odd goal, won. And you know, how many one nil games did that team win? And they wrote it all the way to MLS Cup. He's brought that same ethos now, but now they're scoring goals. And I I I think people have overlooked this Nashville transition. It is huge. It's a massive shakeup. It's, you know, it's going to be the difference between a decent team making the playoffs 
and not. Right. And it's 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 you know it, it changes the whole tectonics of this Western Conference. They are going to be an absolute absolute uh, tough nut to crack. So so they end up beating Seattle one nothing, um, mm-hmm. and then Seattle goes to RSL, which was plagued by like a two hour and fifteen minute weather delay that eventually brought out the orange ball, and the orange ball was out there because not snow. <laughs> Because of hail. There was so much hail on the ground that they wanted to make sure they could see the ball. So you got orange ball being played on hail. And that's just a goofy. I mean, if you look at the substitution patterns, I think uh, Brian Schmetzer had to go in and sub like most of his guys in the like 43rd minute because it stopped right before halftime. And then they were going to come back and play seven minutes and he didn't want to, you know, hurt people. And so anyway, and they were rotating guys. Again, don't take anything. And I, you know, I asked Greg uh, one of my question, which was, I was like, so the fact that, that Seattle hasn't won won a game in the league it means nothing right he goes yeah it means nothing <laughs> he goes i'm not i'm not paying it no nice try seattle trying to lull us into uh into sleep there uh that's not going to happen we're not going to let that happen so well, it begs the question josh yeah we all need a hail specialist <laughs> i mean i i i do know i do know hey i i i almost minored in meteorology in college so I do know some meteorology things. All right, hail is formed when constant updra- updrafts loft little little um, ice balls back up in the atmosphere over and over again, and each time they go up high, a different layer of ice. So the really big ice balls that you get that are hail is because those have been lofted in the air by super ridiculously strong winds. When you think about it, and they get another layer of ice around them. So if you get a softball sized piece of hail, which is rare, but if you do it, yeah. imagine the winds that would have to keep that up in the air. For that long, I mean, 150, 200 mile an hour winds in order to keep yeah. a softball sized piece of ice up in the air. And most like raindrops coalesce around little tiny specks of dust. That's how that's how hail starts as well, which is uh, which will be like a little piece of water vapor that that attaches to a little piece of dust and it gets frozen. And then it, instead of falling for snow, there's a whole bunch of different things. Anyway, there we go. This is us going down the rabbit hole and the making of a Doppler meme. I mean, if I if You're the I, next Dallas Reigns, Josh Gusman, if I could throw it to our weather, I would. Would, I would do it right now, but we don't have, I don't have it. I'll just, you know, I'll work on that for next season. That'll be, that'll be, my yeah, thing. We need I a weather mean, MLS weather, yeah, MLS we weather at 11, uh, LA galaxy playing against Seattle coming up on Saturday. Uh, for me, a very yeah. good result for this LA galaxy team is a draw in any form whatsoever. And I know you're going to say they're hot. Let them keep running. I'm not saying they can't win this game. Uh, Seattle has some question marks right now. They are not playing as fluid as they would like, even though they did play very well on Tuesday night. Um, I think Schmetzer's going to have to rotate a little bit. I think things are going to change, and that means it's not going to be exactly the same as it was on Tuesday, and whether or not they can adjust to that. Uh, that being said, Seattle is absolutely a difficult place to play for me, so I'm taking a draw as as the final. I'll say it's going to be 1-1. It'll be low scoring, but it'll be 1-1. Uh, what do you yeah. What do you say, Christian? Um, well, they didn't, You're not going to put me on the spot, but you just put me on the spot. So, I mean, I agree. Score, draw. You get a point out of Seattle. Um, with a team, like I said, it will have every bit of motivation behind them. That said, though, the Galaxy know that they're up against an opponent that are the best in the business. We know the respect that Greg Vandy gives to Brian Schmetzer. So the Galaxy will be up for this fight. Um, yeah, but you come out there, with, you come out with a point in Seattle, away from home, and considering you know what's coming up next here, when you got you know, LFC down the road in Orlando coming up um, a week from this Saturday here, the schedule is not going to be easy. I and mean, that's why I was, you know, kind of shaking a little bit when we talked about you know what's coming up ahead and that lafc game coming up right after that orlando game i do believe so the schedule gets a lot tougher yeah. than it's been i mean i know nyfc nycfc kind of why do i always mess that up <laughs> it's a mouthful there's too man. many c's there's too many I I know. Why. yeah i just you know I, 
I've never been to a full buy-in on NYCFC, but anyway, early season form for them, great result. But this is where the rubber hits the road for me, and this is where this kind of season, you know, realistically starts. And um, to get a result right there, this then people are really going to sit up and take notice and go, you know, this team is not a pretender whatsoever. They are a legitimate contender, and it, I think it's a massive test. Uh, LA Galaxy play at Seattle on Saturday, uh, home to Orlando the following weekend on the 19th. Um, and then uh, it's going to be Portland versus LA uh, coming up on 4-3. And then it's the LAFC game, the El Trafico on April 9th. You have Chicago. Uh, the LA Galaxy will take a trip to Chicago on April 16th. Uh, then it's LA Galaxy hosting Nashville. Uh, which we just got done talking about on April 23rd. Uh, and then April 30th, it is uh, going to Salt Lake. So the Galaxy will head to Salt Lake for a 12.30 p.m. game on April 30th. You said 1-1, you think? 1-1 is... is, is- I'm, I'm, I mean, I, yeah, score draw. I, okay. There will be goals in this game. Um, and, God, you know, I forgot about that Portland game, another <laughs> one of your plastic pitch supremos. I mean, good God. Three then you five. go to Real Salt Lake, which is like a box of Cobras. You don't know what the heck's going to come out of that place. That, I mean, which good by Lord, the way, Chicago. We don't talk about RSL. We on this program talk about it. I don't think it gets talked about. We don't enough. talk about Bruno. We yeah, don't yeah, talk about RSL. Don't, 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 every time I say I, I say that to my son, I go, "We don't talk about Bruno." He goes, "No, no, 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 no." I'm like, "Exactly." Um, <laughs> but RSL's field is extremely difficult to play on. It's hard. It's bouncy. It's almost yeah. like it's plastic. It's natural plastic. Yeah, it is natural plastic. You know, it has a little more give to it, and yeah. some in some areas. But that's a hard place to play as well. The ga- travels, the, ga- the, the galaxy get the, is this. I mean, you get three games in March, right? We so we eased into it. One game in February because you played basically on the last day of the month. Uh, then you get uh, three games in March. Then it's five games in April, five games in May. There's a break in June, so you get two games in June, and then six games in July, six games in August, four games in September, two games in October. So uh, a lot of stuff still to uh, to go through for the LA Galaxy. We're at the very opening of this game number three, week number three against the Seattle Sounders coming up. Christian, anything else that you want to get to before we uh, shut this one down? No, I think we've kind of, you know, talked to her blue in the face, so to speak. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the, the opening of, of Los Dos, LA Galaxy 2 this weekend. Um, you know, and a chance to see some of these like young guns like we were talking about, like Marcus Fracranis, as well as the likes of, you know, Jalen Neal is going to see some time on loan from the Galaxy. So, yeah, exciting times. And, you know, I think as, you know, you get into week three, you know, fitter. We're talking about, you know, this is where the real deal starts. We see the real character of our teams and uh, coming through. So I'm, I'm really excited. And, and also thanks to you, buddy, for for having me on. Always fun to come on and, um, you know, talk everybody's ear off about the Galaxy. Hey, it's always a good time. Tell people where they can find you. We'll get on out of here. Sea Mile Sports, people, ESPN Plus for LA Galaxy 2 games. And, of course, you can catch myself and Joe Titino and or the case. Sometimes we're together, sometimes we're not. We're still trying to work it out. LAGalaxy.com or on YouTube during match day streams. So if you can't catch us on network TV, tune in there. Heck, just tune us in anyway, wherever you want. So LAGalaxy.com for those games. Perfect. There you go. Uh, If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman. J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our videos, all of our podcasts, all that stuff can be found cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, I think that does it. I'm done. I'm tired. Christian's done. He's tired. So we're, we're going to call it LA Galaxy play, play against Seattle Sounders coming up on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. TV time and a 12.55 kickoff. All right, for Mr. Christian Miles, I'm Josh Patogesman. You've been listening. You've been watching too. Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.